Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Eliyahu Asher ben Yisrael Tzvi Halevi and Mordechai ben Shalit. May the Neshomas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Um, yeah, so we're up to the sixth, seventh last line of Yud Beis and with Beis 12b. Remember we mentioned that um, it was it was following on from a brisa, but it follows on from our Mishnah. The Mishnah says that Rosh Hashanah is the time for Ma, is the time for Yerokos. Sorry, Aleph Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for Yerokos. The first of Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah, is the Rosh Hashanah for vegetables, which we said means for Maser. We said our Mishnah obviously doesn't mean only vegetable Maser is on Rosh Hashanah. It just said vegetables, which are only Chav Drabonan, their date is, Ma- is Rosh Hashanah. And then, obviously, the date of um, the, for what you obligated Doraisa would have that date of Rosh Hashanah, would also have a cut-off time. Um, what, what's the relevance? So, obviously, the main thing we'll see, there, there are two, we brought two nafkaminas, why you need to know when the Rosh Hashanah for Maser is. The one is, you're allowed to separate Maser from one batch of harvest on another batch of harvest. However, it can only be from the same year. I can't separate Maser from this year's produce on last year's produce or the other way around. That's the one nafkamina. And the second nafkamina is we know in the sixth and the, in the third and the sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, instead of Maser Shani, there is Maser Oni. Instead of taking up 10% of your produce to eat in Yerushalayim, you have to give 10% of your produce to the poor people. So that, which year do you determine it's from? So again, if it's from before Rosh Hashanah, it is last year's produce, whatever year that is. Let's say the second year, and what's off from after Rosh Hashanah is from this year's produce. And then the other point we mentioned, it's a big machlokas in the Rishonim, but we'll go according to Rashi, that what produce is Chayav Maser de Oraisa? So that's grain, olives, and grapes. Fruit and vegetables would only be Chayav in Maser de Rabbonin. Interesting enough, also fruit is a totally different calculation, because remember when's fruit? Fruit's not based on Rosh Hashanah, it's based on Tubish factor, Rosh Hashanah le'ilonos. Okay, so the Gemara mentioned, um, so the Gemara asks, sorry again, seventh last line of Yud Beis Amun Beis, 12b, Minahanimili, what's the source? That grain, grapes and olive, you go after when they're third grown. Oh, yeah, one more point is, when do you consider it to have grown in the previous year, and when do you consider it to have grown in this year? So that you go after when it's a third grown. If it's a third grown, again, vegetable, let's go back a step. Vegetables, we saw, it depends on when you pick them. If you pick them before Rosh Hashanah, you pick them on or after Rosh Hashanah, that determines the date of picking. But by olive, and we saw tilting, you go after when it sprouts, the, the grain, etc. But by grapes, grain, and olives, we go after when it's a third grown. If it's a third grown by Rosh Hashanah, it's considered to have grown in the previous year. If it's only grown to a third of its growth in after Rosh Hashanah, then it will be considered from the current year. So, Minani, Mili, what's this? 
סורס, סאמר רבי אסי אומר רבי יוחנן, ומאט שבו משמיד רבי יוסי הגלילי, רבי אסי סייס אין דה נאים אוף רבי יוחנן, אין סאם לין תוסט וזה אין דה נאים אוף רבי יוסי הגלילי. אומר קרו, הפוסק סייס, מקייט שבע שונים במועד שנס השמיטה בחג הסוכות. At the end of seven years, on the festival, in the year of the שמיטה on סוכות. How can you bring Shnas HaShmita? Bechag HaSukos Shminisi. Chag HaSukos is already the eighth year. Again, we said in the end of the Shemitah year, when you come to the festival of Sukkos. When does the Shemitah year end? On Rosh Hashanah, Sukkos is 15 days later. So what do you mean at the fifth, on the Shemitah year? She says, no, Ela loy malachol, kol tvua shavei shlish. בשפיס לפני ראש השנה, אתו נוהג בו מנהג שפיס בשמיניס. No, it's coming to teach us that any grain that was a third, reached a third in the seventh year by ראש השנה, you treat it as if it's שמיטה פרודיוס, even though it's the eighth year. עמלי רבי זיירה לרבי אסי, רבי זיירה said to רבי אסי, ודילמה לא איל כלל. Maybe we're not discussing, maybe it hasn't happened at all. Maybe that's not what we're discussing. Maybe the Torah is coming to tell us that you keep the Shemitah year up until Shavuos. And you want to tell me that obviously the Shemitah ends on Rosh Hashanah or by Rosh Hashanah. And therefore what's it coming to tell us, the produce on Sukkot from the Shemitah year, is to tell us that any produce that was grown a third in the Shemitah year, even though it's Sukkot, is considered Etzukas in the eighth year is considered seven, seventh year produce. Who says that's what we're discussing? Maybe it's just telling us that you extend the Shemitah year up until Sukkot. Again, remember Sukkot is two weeks after Rosh Hashanah, so Shemitah doesn't end on Rosh Hashanah. It ends two weeks later. So Gemara says, no, lo salkatatuk. You can't assume that. Dilsiv as it's written, v'chag ha'asif b'tseisi hashanah. In the Chag of literally gathering at the end of the year, at the close of the year. So now the Gemara says, "My Osif, what does Osif mean here?" Now Ilay Mechag Chag Habob is Manasifa. Maybe you want to tell me it's talking about the festival that occurs at the time that you gather in the grain. Oksif Baaspacho. The Torah already written Baaspacho. Let me read the full passage to you. So it says, "V'chag." Hakotzir, bikure masecho asher tizra. Okay, but that's not um, asher tizra besode. That's not so important to us. It says v'chago asif b'tzeis hanishonah ba'aspacho es mas es masecho minasode. In the chago asif, at the end of the year when you gather in your prod, your work from the field. So ba'aspacho already tells me when you gather in. So what does it mean by saying chago asif? Ela my Osif Kotzer. You have to read Osif as Kotzer, what's harvested. Right? So what are we talking about? We're talking about the grain that is harvested at Sukkot's time. Any grain that is ready for harvest on Sukkot's, you can be certain that it had grown a third by Rosh Hashanah. Ah, so now, and it calls it from the close of the year, I from last year. Aye, so we see that um, what the Pesach is telling us by repeating Osbacha, obviously it's the festival 
when you're gathering your grain. But the first aspachol you have to translate as not as the classical sense of gathering, but in the as harvest. And it's telling us so I it's telling us the grain that you harvest on Sukkot is considered from is from considered from the end of last year. And Chazal calculated that ah for grain to be harvested, ready for harvest on Sukkot, it must be grain that was from the previous year that had grown a, sh- a third in the previous year that's their calculation and therefore we see from these psukim that any grain that has grown a third is considered um, grown in that year now it was the rabbis really such experts that they can distinguish Precisely the difference between a third and less than a third, and we basically say the rabbis were super farmers. They knew that if you had grain that was ready to harvest on Sukkot, it was exactly, it had reached a third exactly by Rosh Hashanah. And he's Rebbe is saying, but what happens if it's a little bit less than a third? What if it's a little bit more than a third? How do you know? How could they be so precise? So what is he answering? He says, Or maybe the question is more along the lines of, Who says it's so precise? Let's just say it's around a third. So, says, Have I not told you to do not doubt the haloch, do not doubt the traditions, do not doubt the chazal? All the measurements that chachomim give are like this, I are very, very precise. We're going to give some examples shortly, but let's just discuss this Rabbi Yirmiya. It's interesting, Rabbi Yirmiya seemed to have been that character. He was that guy in the yeshiva who asked the pedantic questions. As we see in Baba Basra, the Gemara is discussing if a bird is found within 50 amos of a dove coat, you can assume it's from that dove coat. If it's further than 50 amos, so he starts asking questions like, what happens if it's one foot within 50 amos and one foot out of 50 amos? And like, how can you say it exactly? A birds only wander exactly fifty amos. You're telling me they're birds that it's like saying birds wander twenty-five meters. You're telling me they don't wander twenty-five meters and three centimeters. So he was very pedantic, and he asked, and we found throughout just some very uh, precise questions. That actually in the, in Baba Kama, in Baba Basra, where they have that discussion, they actually kicked him out of the base medrash. I said, look, Rabbi Yirmiya, you can't, uh, we can't have you asking such questions and doubting Chazal. And they kicked him out of the base medrash. Later on, he showed his humility and he did too. And so they let him back in. But he's telling him, Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya, we've told you many times, do not doubt, do not bring uh, disrepute to the traditions. And when the Chazal gave a measurement, it's very precise. And now we give some examples. Ba'arboim sayahu tovel says that a person can go to mikveh in 40 sayah. The minimum measurement of a mikveh is 40 sayah. Ba'arboim sayah choser kurtav. If you have 40 sayah less a teaspoon, you're not allowed to go to mikveh in them. And when Chazal said a mikveh has to be 40 sayah, they're saying exactly 40 sayah, even if it's a drop less, it's not kosher. It says, Food and egg size of food transmits tumah to other food. However, if it's an egg size less the size of a sesame, it would not transmit food tumah. Okay, we see how it is. If you have a cloth 
or yeah, something along the line, a cloth or something, three by three tvochim, it can become tome midrash. Remember, if a zav zava or nida sit or walk or lean on on one of these things that are made for sitting, walking or leaning on, it becomes tome midrash, a high level of tuma. So that's the minimum size for that is three by three tvochim, three hands breadth by three hands breadth. What happens? If it's shlosha, shlosha, chaser, nima, achas, it's three by three lesser thread. So it's a millimeter short of being three tfachim by three tfachim. Ain't a matame midras. It does not become tome midras. So, we, so he's saying, he's saying, we see how precise hazala. Now the Ritva asks an interesting question. He says, why do we have to be so precise? So he answers, I think it's fairly logical. He says, as soon as you give a vague measurement for something, well then you're, gonna, you're opening yourself up to chaos. Because can you imagine, they said, yo, a mikvah must hold about 40 sayah. So someone's going to come along and say, well this mikvah is only 38 sayah. That's good enough, that's close enough to 40 sayah. Or someone else is going to say, no, it's definitely not good enough. And he's and then he'd go to a mikvah and he would so and someone else would say, look, this mikvah is thirty nine and a half say that's sufficient. So you'd end up with everyone debating and arguing, and you wouldn't have a clear a clear approach and a and a definite way. So the the measurements have to for I guess for a functioning society for people to cope and deal, the measurements have to be a precise amount. Which is interesting. I was just thinking about it, like when it comes to Pesach. Um, you know, that's when people get most precise with their kazais of matzah and their kazais or two kazais of matzah bahamotzi and their kazais of maror and another kazais of maror for their sandwich and everyone gets very, very pedantic with their measurements. Um, I know that, like, obviously the measurements have to have a minimum size but I know with my grandfather's atzal and I've heard from a few other katolim they were never that pedantic that they would bring out measuring spoons or a board that you measure your stuff on. They say, oh, kazayas, and they take a big tablespoon of maro. Oh, kazayas of matzah, okay, a third of a, a two-thirds of a matzah. They were never like pedantic to weigh it or measure it to that degree that we find people are. But at the end of the day, it's important to be aware when Chazal say a kazayas, an olive size, they mean exact, they mean a very specific size. And when they say a Arboim Seya, they mean exactly Arboim Seya. I guess also you can debate because, like, what, what, where did, we've seen this before, I'm trying to think, where was it, was it Sukkah? Where do we get 40 Seya from, for a mikvah? So that is the amount that would cover a person's body. So you can start getting very pedantic and saying, well, what happens if it's a smaller person? Then you need less than 40 say. Can you get away with less than 40 say? What happens if it's a larger person? You need more than 40 say. Like, it really is uh, open to, uh, as I said, I think the right word is chaos if you don't have very set measurements. So it's logical that they have set measurements, but I think it's also like the measurements we have or um, a tradition from Moshe, so they are a set measurement. And again, an olive size, an olive would be a guard, but we don't mean an olive size, we mean um, a certain amount. I think kind of like when you say a foot. <laughs> a foot doesn't mean a foot's length, it's a very specific measurement, called a foot. 
I don't even know if it has any correlation with a person's foot. But again, so same thing when we say an olive, it's similar to an olive size, but obviously it's a very exact measurement, not just saying an olive. Okay, let's carry on. So how did Omar Yirmiya Revere me actually retracted and said, you know what, what I said is nonsense. I'm going to show where we see elsewhere that Chazal were very, very precise. And this that we said to Kimlehu, we said Chazal were experts. They were able to calculate that any grain that is ready for harvest on Sukkot must have reached a third of its growth by Sukkot, by Rosh Hashanah. And therefore it's considered from the previous year. That was the Josh and Revere says, can they really, were they really that experts? Were they really able to know it to such a precise degree? So he says, Lamil says, says Rabbi admits, he says, you know what, actually what it says is nonsense. I'll show, we see that they were such experts. The boy, Kahana, the colleagues asked Rav Kahana, he says, The first Omer offering that Bnei Israel offered when they got into Eretz Israel, where did they get the grain to offer it from? Again, the Omer offering we know is the barley offering done on the second day of Pesach that permits all the grain to be eaten. So where did they get the barley for that? It says, Maybe you will say that it's the grain that was grown by one of the non-Jews. They went into, they conquered Eretz Israel, or they got, or they bought some grain. So he says, no, because the positive says, Ketzirchem, your harvest, it must belong to you and not to an Anju. So he says, Mimaydakrivu, Dilmalakrivu. He says, okay, so maybe they didn't actually offer any grain. He says, Don't think that, as it's written, They were careful to not eat from the produce, they ate from the produce of the land on the day following Pesach, on the second day of Pesach. Then he says, That's implying that they specifically only ate after the 16th of Nisan, the day after Pesach. But before that, they didn't eat. The Akrava, Omer Vahara Achli, the reason must be because they offered the Omer and then ate. So again, still, where did they eat it from? Um... So that's so that's the question. Um, so again, where did they get the grain to offer the omer from? It can't be from an anju because that's not valid to use for an omer. It can't be that they didn't offer it because the pasuk implies that they did offer it. So where did they offer it from? So omer lehem kol shelah hevi shlish anything that has not grown a shlish biyad noch omer lehem kol shelah hevi shlish biyad nochri they got grain that had not yet grown a third by a nochri. That was Rav Kahana's answer to the colleagues who asked it. I, so the grain had started to grow by Yanochri, then the Jews acquired Eretz Israel and it turned their grain and it grew from less than a shlish to as much as they needed. He says maybe it grew from scratch. Who says that it grew from a third to full? Maybe it, grew, it was barley that hadn't grown and it grew from scratch. There's no, you have to say that they were precise and that's how they knew that it had grown a third. And so too, in our case, we can say that they were precise. They knew that if it, by Sukkot, if it was ready for harvest, it had grown to a third before Rosh Hashanah. There's Avadimala Ayel Klal, Amal Hecha the Ayel River, Bain Shlish, 
Rabbi Yirmiya's proof is not a good proof that Chazal were precise with their measurements. We're not saying they're not. We're just saying this proof is not a good proof. It says why? Because it was maybe it had grown a quarter or a third and Chazal just about a quarter. The grain had grown about a quarter. And Chazal weren't clearly able to distinguish between a third and a shlish. Between a, more than a, a, a third and just less than a third. So there's no loss al Kadaitah, you can't think no, because the Pasuk tells us that Bnaisra crossed over the Jordan on the tenth of the month. They crossed the Jordan on the tenth of Nisan. And therefore it would only have the 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 to grow. It would only have five or six days to grow in. So it can't grow from scratch to to ready to harvest, to ready to use for the Omer in five days. So Elamai, the Isle River Oidanka must be that it had grown about a quarter or a sixth. And Akati, so the Gemara asks, oh, but Akati, Bachamisha, Yomi, Miko, Mahalia. In five days, in six days, could it grow from a quarter to fully ready to harvest for the Omer? Says Elamai, Zlachlamaymar, Eres, Tzvikiz, Ksivbo, must be. You have to use the Pasuk speaks about Eretz Israel as the land of the deer. It can make its produce grow quickly. So, so too by the first Omer offering, we have to say that the land of Eretz Israel made it grow very quickly. So there's no proof. We try to bring a proof by the fact that they could use the Omer offering just before Pesach. Um, the Omer offering from Pesach must have been because it was a third grown. And we see that Chazal were very precise and able to say, it says, no, it could be that it was much less than a third grown. It was clearly less than a third grown. I, they weren't being precise. It was clearly less than a third. But in five days, based on a miracle, based on the holy, the special properties of Eretz Israel, it grew much quicker. So that's where we're holding at the moment. Again, the tradition is, that, uh, where we're holding is that that posuk is the source. If it is grown a third by Rosh Hashanah, it will definitely, if it's ready for harvest on Sukkot, it's definitely grown a third by Rosh Hashanah. And the Torah tells us that's considered previous year's harvest. That's the drosh at the moment. That's where we're holding. Rabbi Yirmiya said, were they able to be pro- so precise? And we discussed that. And then he tried to bring a proof that actually they were so precise. But we actually refu- refuted that because you can't, that they, from his source, they were not necessarily so precise. Um, yeah, let's see. So Matkif, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina challenged us. Rabbi Hanina is going back on our source. Is this really a good source that, it, that if it's a third growth, it's considered from that year? The year that it grows to a third of its growth. Do you really have to learn that Osif means Katsir? Remember, we read the Pasuk, we read the Pasuk in a strange way because we said Osif generally means gather. So he said the second half of the Pasuk says, when you gather in the work from your field. So the earlier on in the Pasuk, when it says, we said it can't be telling us when you gather in the produce from your field. We've already discussed that. So it must be discussing when you harvest. So that was the Joshua was based on that word. Ha'asif, the harvest. Um, translating asif as the harvest. 
So he says, Vahoksiv, but we have another Posik which says, Vahospecho, Migornho, Miakvecho. This is the Posik Pasukas that says, Vahaga Sukas Taselocho, the festival of Sukas you shall make for yourself, Shivas Yomim, for seven days. Vahospecho, Migornho, Miakvecho. What you get, what you get, from what you gather in from your threshing floor and wine vats. I remember we learned, how do we know what's kosher's chach? Is this pasuk that tells us it's the stuff you get from the floor of your threshing floor and your wine vats, either grape products, the leftover vines, the leftover straw, etc. Things that are not grow from the ground but not makabel tuma. That was that was just for The pasuk is speaking about the remnants of the threshing floor and the wine vats. It's teaching us what sukkah is. Now his question is based on this fact. Oh, we see that when we say Chag HaSukos, it's not, when we say Chag HaSif, maybe it's not saying the festival when you gather in, which can't be because then you have to translate it as the festival when you harvest. Maybe it's saying it's the festival of gathering in. It's a very appropriate name to call Sukkot, because just as Sukkot, remember, means the Schach, so Chag HaSif is also an allusion to the Schach. It's an allusion to the produce that you gathered from your field you use as the schach so it's an appropriate it's a fitting name for sukkahs to be called chag and therefore you can read the pasuk in a much simpler way you'd read the pasuk as follows again the, i'll read it the old way we read it and then i'll read it the new way the simpler way we read it. the old way we read it was the chag and the festival when you harvest again translating osif as harvest but says will be from the end of the year when you gather in your produce from your field. And now we say, no, just read it in a simple way. Say, the festival of Osif. That's another way of saying the festival of Sukkot. When you gather in your stuff from your field. So we don't have to read it. We don't have to translate it like that. So Amar Ibizari says, Oh, we had a good source that the produce had to be a third grown. Whatever year that it's a third grown, that is considered year. And Rebi Hanina just came along and threw a spanner in the works. So we have to now look for another source. So Gedetanya, as we learn to the Bryce, Rabbi Yonasan ben Yosef, Omer Yonasan ben Yosef says, You will make the grain for three years. I will make your grain for three years. I, the simple way of reading that Pasuk is, the Torah has a problem, and this is necessary for the coming up point. The Torah has a problem. The Jews, you'll ask Hashem, if we have to keep the Shemitah year, what are we going to eat? Because remember, we harvest in the sixth year, then we have nothing for the rest of the sixth year that grew into the seventh year, nothing in the seventh year, and in the eighth year we can only start planting and waiting for produce. So Hashem says, I'll give you a bracha that... The six-year produce will be sufficient for three years. Don't read for three years. Read a, read a third of its growth. I. It will be considered produce of the six-year. What is a shlish? What has reached a third growth? That's how you read. But you need that pasuk for its own teaching. I. You can't use that pasuk to teach that produce that is a third of its growth is considered from that year. We need it to teach us that Hashem will bless us with the produce of the sixth year, that it will last us all the way to well into the eighth year. So the Gemara answers, no, there's another possible. No, you will sow in the eighth year and you will eat from the old grain 
until the ninth year. Right, so we already know that the Pashem will bless the sixth year harvest, that it will last you significant time. And therefore this Pasuk, you don't have to read as it will last for three years, because that we already know from elsewhere, it could be coming to teach that what's grown a third is considered sixth year produce. Okay, new point. Tanan HaOyer is carrying on with defining when do we view something as grown in which year. Again, obviously it's by Rosh Hashanah, but to what degree? As we saw by vegetables, you go after when you pick it. By grain, grapes and olives, you go after which year they grew to a third in. So he says, we learned in the Mishnah elsewhere, rice, millet, uh, poppy, sesame, etc., different types of legumes. That took root before Rosh Hashanah. You, they take master on the pasture and they would be mutar in the Shemitah year. I.e., these legumes you go after when they take root. If they took root before Rosh Hashanah, then you view them as whatever produce they are from that year. So if it's third year, remember it will be Maser Oni. If it's second year, it will be Maser Shani, etc. And if it's the sixth year, that produce, since it took root before Rosh Hashanah, will be Mutter on the seventh year. The Im Lav, if it didn't take root before then, before Rosh Hashanah, Asurin Beshvius Umis Asrin Leshona Habot would be forbidden, forbidden on the Shemitah year, and you would take Maser on the following year. So again, by these legumes, by Oires, Doichen, Paragin, and Shumshamin, you don't go after when it's a third ground, you don't go after when it's picked, you go after when it takes root. Now, Omer Abba, Omer Abonan, Ilan, Basar, Chanota, Tuvua, Vazesim, Basar, Shlish, Yerek, Basar, Lechita. He says, wait. Rabba says, wait. The Rabbonan have told us that how, when, which year do you view a tree as, the fruit of a tree has grown in? When it started to bud. And when the blossom falls away and the fruit starts to bud, again, if it's before Tubishvat, it's from the previous year. If it's from after Tubishvat, it's from the following year. So that's how you would measure a tree. Tfur Vazesim, grains and olives, you go after when which year they grew a third in. And Yerek, Basilachita, vegetables, you go after picking. Honey, Kaman, Shavinu, Rabbonin. We don't see the rabbis give any measurement for this. I, where do you get that you go after when they took root? So Hadar Omar Rabba, Rabba actually then returned with the answer. Now just before I read Rabba inside, I'm just going to explain one of the things by these kidneys, by these beans and stuff, is they're actually harvested, different, different types of produce is harvested in different ways. But these legumes are often harvested in batches. Ah, you'll harvest some this week, you'll harvest some next week, you'll harvest some the following week. So it's not harvest, you don't go and harvest all your beans at once. So therefore, it's very likely for a farmer to have picked some of his, let's just say, beans this week, before Rosh Hashanah, and some of his beans the following week, after Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, you're going to have produce from the same harvest, but harvested active from the same growth, from the same season, but harvested at different times, that they have different obligations. Again, it could be that this one's Maser Rishon and this one's Maser Oni. Sorry, Maser Rishon and Maser Shani and this one's Maser Rishon and Maser Oni. So that's why, that's the problem with with the harvesting of these beans. Again, you don't harvest all your beans at once. You harvest them at, in stages. Even though they're all one harvest and they're all 
ready to be eaten or ready to be harvested at once, they will normally only harvest them in different stages. So because of this confusion that you might end up with beans from the same field and some of them treated as third year produce and some of them treated as fourth year produce, you can imagine the confusion it can create. So Amara, Mitosha Asriyin Prachim Prachim since they normally, prachin is the word for harvesting legumes, since they're harvested in prachin, the rabbi said, rather go after Rosh Hashanah, rather go after when they take root. They all take root at the same time. So if it took root before Rosh Hashanah, it's from the previous year. If it took root after Rosh Hashanah, it's from the past year. And then you don't run into these complications of, well, some of these beans are harvested before and some of these beans are harvested after. Now the one says, but wait, that's not a problem. Amalei Abaya, Abaya says, it doesn't matter if they were harvested some before Rosh Hashanah and some after Rosh Hashanah. Just scoop them all up into the middle of his threshing floor and mix them well. And it turns out that it will be the correct ratio. The new grain for the new grain and the old grain for the old grain. Let's say you had t- um, 70 kilos of, okay, huge number of Loss of beans harvested before Rosh Hashanah and 30 kilos of beans harvested after Rosh Hashanah. So you put them all in the middle of your threshing floor, mix them all very well, and you can assume when you now take 10% of that, it's at a ratio of 70 to 30, of uh, 7, uh, 7 to 10. If you mix it well, why can't you assume that, again, the 70% is from last year's and the 30% is from this year's. And you can't take from the 30% on the 70% or the other way around because you're not allowed to take from what you harvested this year on last year, what you harvested last year on this year. You're not allowed to do that. But if you put it all in one big pile and mix it together, then you can assume when you pick up 10 beans, why can't you assume, because it was mixed well, that seven of them are from last year's produce and three of them are from this year's produce. So it will automatically resolve itself. That's what we're saying. We're saying not that it's considered from the same produce. No, they were harvested one before Rosh and one after Rosh So they are from different years. But it will resolve itself by just, instead of granted the, the form of harvest some today and some next week, or some after, some before Rosh some after Rosh just put them in a pile and mix them up and you re, it will resolve the issue. Says Umilo Tanya, and he says, I'll show you a price so where we can rely on this. Says Rabbi Yossi ben Kaifer, Oma Mishum Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Shimon Shazuri. Rabbi Yossi ben Kaifer said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, Pul Hamitri Shezoro Lazera, Mitsaso Hishrish Lifnei Rosh Hashanah, Mitsaso Hishrish Laacha Rosh Hashanah. Egyptian beans that were sown, some and some took root before Rosh Hashanah and some took root after Rosh Hashanah. You're not allowed, again, some took root before Rosh Hashanah, some took root after Rosh Hashanah. You're not allowed to take Maser from the one crop on the other crop. Because one's considered last year's and one considered this year's. says, Kei so what do you do? You want to harvest them all at once. It says, Pile them all up and mix them all in the middle of his threshing floor. And then when you take truma umase, um, when you take the truma umase from the mixture, Nimtza toirem minam, toirem umase mina chodesh shebala chodesh The New grain will that comes up in the in what you're using to separate it for Truman Master will be for the new harvest, what took root after Rosh Hashanah, 
and the old grain that comes up in the bowl that you're collecting it will be on the old grain. So we see that you're allowed to rely on the solution. So again, so back to where we were. Let's just get through, let's get the steps quickly. We start off, we said by certain legumes, rice, millet, poppies, sesame, etc., those sort of things, we go after when it took root. Rabbi says, why go after when it took root? Why don't we go after one of the standards we have? You go after budded, you go after when it reaches a third, you go after when it's picked. Why all of a sudden are we going after when it's rooted? He says, ah, oh, I know why. Because they're harvested at different times. These sort of items are harvested at different times. And therefore, if you go after when you pick them, or you go after when you're going to end up with some of it from the old year and some of it from the new year. So Abai says, that's not a problem. The issue will resolve itself. As we see, like what Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says, by Egyptian beans, just pile them all up in the middle of your threshing floor, mix them, and then when you separate trumos and masros, it will be at the correct ratio for the new produce to be trum and master on the new produce and the old produce to be on the old produce. So I'm going to lay Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, come out, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, says, wait, but you're going in line with Rabbi Shimon Shizuri. And Rabbi Shimon Shizuri holds there is mixture, there is mixing, and the Rabbonin hold there is not mixing. Right? Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says, you can assume if you piled all your beans, we'd be saying the same thing with rats, with any of these, into the middle, and you mixed it well, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says you can assume it's mixed completely evenly. I, then let's just go back to the 70-30 example I gave. That when you take a bowl, it's at a ratio of 7 to 3. Because it was mixed properly. That's what Rabbi Shimon Shizuri holds. Rabbonin holds who says you can assume that it's mixed properly. Maybe it turns out that when you pick up a cup full of beans, 50% is from the new produce and 50% is from the old produce. When really in the actual pile, seven, at 70 to 30, who says that it got mixed perfectly? That's how the Rabbonon holds. So, Omar Yitzhak Panachbeini, Omar Shmuel. So, that's why they said, so you can't go, you can't rely on this mixing. So, again, Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says you can rely on this mixing. Rabbonon would hold you can't rely on this mixing. Therefore, for these items, you would have to find a new way to determine what's considered this year's growth and what's considered last year's growth. If it's took root before Rosh Hashanah, then it's this year's growth. And if it took root after Rosh Hashanah, it would be the following year's growth. And again, like we said, you can't go after when it's picked like regular vegetables because you harvest them at different times. And it would create confusion. So Omer Reb Yitzhak Achmeni, we'll end off with this last point. Reb Yitzhak Achmeni, Omer Shmuel says in the name of Shmuel, so this is, remember this is Shmuel, Halochet Reb Yosi ben Kefar, She'omer Mishum Reb Shimon Shizuri. The Halochet is like Reb Yosi ben Kefar who said in the name of Reb Shimon Shizuri. Might give Lord Reb Yitzhak, Reb Yitzhak challenge us, and me Omer Shmuel Hachi. Does Shmuel really say this? Beho Omer Shmuel, the call ain't bila, chutz min Hashem, shemen. You can't rely on anything you don't assume anything's mixed unless it's wine or oil. I only liquid. So again, we learned that Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says you can assume that the pile of beans got mixed. And Shmuel, and we said Dalocha is like, according to Shmuel, Dalocha is like Shimon Shizuri. But then we brought another teaching of Shmuel that says, no, only by liquids can you assume they mix properly, that there's an even distribution. So he says, He forgot this teaching of Shmuel that actually you go after when the Produce was properly grown. 
Hey, let's just discuss this last line and then we'll tie it all together. This last Shmuel, Shmuel has a totally different theory. Up until here, we've been saying, you know, some produce you go after when it's a third grown. Vegetables you go after when they picked, etc. Shmuel says, no, with everything you go after when it's fully grown. When it's fully grown, that determines what year it's from. So that's the one point. Now, therefore, when Shmuel came along and said the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, he's not, he's saying... Not for the re- it comes out with the same principle as Shimon Suzuri, but not uh, the same halacha comes out, but not based on the same principle. According to Shmuel, you go after Gemara Pri. So if the harvest, if that year's harvest was ripe before Rosh Hashanah, then it's considered last year. If this year's, if it ripened after Rosh Hashanah, then it's considered the current year's produce. Rabbi Shimon, so what would you do if you harvested your beans in batches? So all, according to Shmuel, all you do is you pile it up in the middle and you separate your trumas and masters from it. It doesn't matter when you harvested it. It matters when it grew fully. So it's all from the same year anyway. And that's why you can put it in one pile in your granary and separate. According to Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, he said the same thing. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri said you pile it all up in the middle of your granary and you separate your trumas and masters from it. Now Rabbi Shimon Shazuri said for a different reason. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri says because you can assume it's all mixed together. Whereas Shmuel says it's not because you assume it's all mixed together. It's because it all grew at the same time. And you go after Gemara Pri, you go after when it's finished growing. So therefore, again, he's saying the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Shazuri. You do what Rabbi Shimon Shazuri said to do, but again, not for the same principle. And we'll leave it there just to start off. The Gemara is going to ask, so wait, so we have three teachings of Shmuel. Why is it taught as three separate halachas? It should be said as one single point. Again, the first point, he said the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Shazuri. The second point Shmuel said was, we don't assume there's an equal mixing Unless it's wine or oil, I only liquids we assume mix properly. And the third point is you go after Hoyle Kamar Pri. Why did he say it in three different stages? But that's tomorrow. Um, we'll leave it here for today. Have a very good Shabbos and I'll see you Sunday.